Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, Will Pugh and James Jones. What a 60 minutes we have lined up for you. Not only do we have a brilliant couple of guests, we have James Jones to tell us all about the new friends he's making over on West Ham. And me and Will cannot believe it. Unbelievable scenes. We are being left behind in the dirt, in the mud. Where is it all coming from? James Jones wants a friend. Not for much longer. We will be talking about the City game once again because it didn't happen, did it, a couple of weeks ago? But now, could it be different? City facing a European ban, but they are handing an injury boost to their team because certain players are making their way back. But we want to start off on a different foot, and Will is here to tell us all about it. Good afternoon, Charlie. Nice to see you again. You haven't been very well. I've not been very well. Very concerning. I know, but to see you two made it worth it. I had to come in. <laughs> made it worse. Made it worse. <laughs> That's what I thought you were about to say. No, made, made it, it worse. worth it. No, made it Damn worth it. Blimey, mate. I don't leave my pals, James. I mean, I'm in for the long haul, mate. I'm Good in for man. the long haul. Nice. Oh, thrilled you're here with us, mate. But um, yes, we, we thought... Is um, this part of your Be Kind? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is the new Be Kind <laughs> movement from this week. Yeah, we thought, um, obviously, we're, like you said there, no West Ham game in the week. But one of the one of the main issues that uh, most of the people listening will probably be aware of was the uh, news about Caroline Flack. Unfortunately, taking her life um, but what, since our last show. So me and James thought it might be a good time just to start this show with a sort of little reminder, if you like, or a little bit of a message about what we try and be about. We are West Ham and the message we try and put across. Obviously, you know, we're all quick to hound footballers, other fans, board members. Sometimes James Jones gets a lot of it on Twitter from Brighton fans in particular. <laughs> deserved, Some, Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> every but a lot of that's deserved. <laughs> Is it deserved? Mm. What like, this means is I'm mm. going to have to stop a lot of my burner accounts when I was just pelting abuse at <laughs> oh, you. Right, I thought oh, it was quite a, funny. Oh, so, so, so you're Betty from yeah. Brighton, are you? Who don't know how to spell Glenn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, a lot of all that stuff, you know, we, we we all sort of get involved in it on on different levels, but we just thought it'd be a nice time to 
remind everyone who listens to We Are West End that you know everyone's got their own battles and struggles that they have going on every day. It's just important to bear that in mind when you speak to people in your life, other football fans, be it on Twitter or in real life. And you know we all do care about our football club, and everyone's got the right to express their own opinions and feelings. But we, you know, James and I just feel there is a line. Obviously, to be drawn within football and and society, so you know we we try and hold ourselves a bit of a higher standard, don't we? And we all unfortunately get hooked into it at, at times, but it's uh, it's important to remember when stuff like this happens. To you know, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, as you say, when stuff like this happens, it it kind of puts everything into pers- into perspective a little bit. And you know, I, I think we've all we've all said stuff, whether it's in social media or or sort of out loud in person, that. You know, when it comes to football, that perhaps we shouldn't have done, uh, whether that's having a pop at a player for doing something and saying, you know, taking things a little bit too far in terms mm. of your criticism towards that player. Um, and, you know, when you're caught up in that moment, a lot of people, a lot of football fans will forget that these these men on that pitch are they're human beings just like everyone else. And, you know, yeah. I know that the whole Caroline Flat thing, you know, isn't, you know, football related. But it's mental health related, and you know they're, they're making a big thing at the moment about mental health in 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 sport and in in, in life in general. Um, and you know it, it kind of just makes you stop and think, well, you know, is it really worth it? You know, I mean, I get as you've already mentioned, I've had a lot of abuse, not just for that for that Brighton thing or the or the Millwall comment that I made a few weeks back, but you know, over the years when you you say something that football fans don't agree with on social media, you know, people don't just go, oh, I disagree with you. Um, but you seem like a nice guy. It's, <laughs> it's, it's. You are this. You are that. If mm. I see you next, I'll, I'll do this to you. Uh, I don't like you. I'm going to block you now. And it's like, well, hang on. What did I do wrong? All I did was just voice my opinion on a social network. And that, that must be the same for a lot of celebrities, footballers, um, anyone in the public eye that you know, ha- you know, have their lives all over the front pages, mm. like Caroline Flack did and recently. You got, and you got to remember as well that, that a lot of the time, and I say, well, I think it's important to note that me and James, we, we're very aware that you know we a lot of the time, especially on this show, especially this season of all seasons, it's been quite a, a negative. You know, mm. there's lots of negative conversations, lots of criticism, lots of we think this person could be doing better, we think that person could be doing better, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we're not suggesting that James or I are white than white, of course, but I think the uh, one one of the things that hits home to me a lot is that when you hear about all these footballers, whether be they at West Ham or any of the other clubs in the Premier League or the Championship, whatever, a lot of them are just they're still young lads, aren't they? They can be they're teenagers or when they're in their early twenties. And James and I are a bit older than that, and uh, as are lots of people out there. Everyone has struggles, don't they? Yeah. And uh, it's just important, you know. We sort of wanted to reinforce that message. Yeah, well, I think maybe I'll start off by saying you both look delightful in your Rolinex, especially you, James, who is fitting <laughs> of tonight's show. But it's, it's poignant that we, we speak about this at the minute because obviously West Ham and Premier League clubs have uh, come together with the, the Heads Up, obviously, movement, the mental health spearheaded by uh, His Royal Highness, the Duke of Cambridge, obviously, and linking with clubs in at the minute. And then, obviously, what happened on the weekend with Caroline Flack. Obviously, it is becoming more a topic that we should talk about, isn't it, Will? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I've, I've sort of had my own... Uh, troubles if you like in the past and I'm completely open about those now and and uh, you know just talking to people at the time be they family members friends and professionals has seen me come out on the other side you know life is a bit of an up and down roller coaster sort of thing isn't it and as as we've seen this week I know like James said different uh, industry entirely but the, you never know what you see on the outside of someone be they someone in the media or just be they someone at work who you think you know why is that person giving me grief all the time or 
everyone's got things going on behind them. And I think what's important, Charlie, as well, in line with that, in line with the above sentiment, obviously we saw David Gold has been forced to apologise this morning for liking a tweet that called Caroline Flack weak. It was the original tweet, I'm not going to give it any airtime or say who it was by or, or what the words were, but it was sort of insinuating, like I've said there, that, that Caroline was weak. David Gold has liked it. He's issued an apology this morning, um, said that, you know, he, he liked it in haste and didn't read the whole thing, etc., etc. And just, you know, in line with that sentiment, as we've mentioned, we while we condemn the sentiment, James and I, in the tweet, we're going to avoid, uh, you know, laying into an 83-year-old man and trying to decide whether or not he liked a tweet of that nature on purpose or not. Yeah, I think I think the reaction to, to this whole story as well kind of contradicts sort of what we're trying to do with the whole sort of, you know, you know, what, you know what we're talking about you know everyone's laid into him you know and people make mistakes and it's quite I mean, just reading this apology yeah it's quite clear that perhaps he only read half of the half mm. of the tweet didn't really read much into what was at the end of the tweet which was what was said about caroline and he's liked it just off off you know without really sort of thinking too much about it um and the reaction has been quite fierce um and you know it kind of contradicts what people are asking everyone to do and that's to be kind to other individuals um people make mistakes uh okay david gold has come under a lot of criticism this season and rightly so for for a lot of it um and he's in he's in a position that he is which will which will bring a lot of criticism to him he owns a he owns a premier league football club uh, a very well supported premier league football club but for something like this he's come out and apologized leave it at that Move on. Criticise him for what he should be criticised for, and not not what was quite clearly a mistake. Just move on. James, obviously, for maybe the cynic in me, and maybe the the, the listeners that are are tuning in now, and maybe the cynic in them. Whenever something happens like this, football related or not, we go, ah, oh, we need to stop this. We need to stop the social media abuse. We need to be kinder to one another. And then that lasts for one or two days, and then next week, yeah. everyone just goes back to. The online Swearing abuse in the truck. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. it never really lasts, does it? I'm, I'm with you. I'm all for it, but everyone goes, oh, we, you know, they have this 24-hour. Let's be kinder to one another. Then straight away next week, Will Pugh's reminding you that you, you lost the quiz again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, can, it, I, can the, I? Sorry, on. mate, to just interject with that. I think there's there's a clear line, isn't there? There's criticising someone. I think me and James are, are like you say, this season of all seasons has mm. been a, a critical season. But fair criticism, there, there, and and I think it's the manner you do it, isn't it? There there is a line mm. between criticising someone and calling them a. You know all the whatever names yeah. under the sun, and and personally attacking people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's been quite a vitriolic season for West Ham, isn't it? And for West Ham fans, it's it's been one of those again where divides have come one, within one of many. Yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> yeah, and it has been. It's been a season full of anger and that sort mm. of thing. And I think me and James all season, haven't we? We've never we've never sort of told people what they should or shouldn't be doing or how they should or shouldn't be acting in terms mm. of. You know any protest, whether they protest or not, or whether they go to the games or not, whether they buy merchandise or not, all of those things. All football is and should be a democracy among fans, shouldn't it? And the people that pay their money week in week out, they're the real stakeholders and the real owners. If they want to, uh, you know, express their feelings or emotions in whatever way they think, that's not for me or James to tell, is it? And we haven't done that all season, but mm. I just think it's important at a time like this to remind people that you know there there are or more important things than football and uh, yeah just to be good to people yeah I think on your point uh, Charlie on the social media side mm. of things you know you know there are a lot of calls for for these social media companies to to police the people that are on 
uh, are, are on these things, but you can't police it. Impossible. It's, you know, people saying, oh, you know, got to give their passport details. You know, Th- these companies aren't going to force people to give their passport because they'll they'll go out of business because no one's going to sign up if they offer their passport details. Mm. You can't police it. All you can do is do what we're trying to do now: is raise awareness and and just sort of go look. You know, what are you gaining out of personally attacking someone just because they have a different opinion to you? Mm. Um, or just because you know you've heard something about them, although you don't really know what's actually gone on behind the scenes, as is the case with you know, Caroline and everything that was said in the media. Um, you know, it, it it's it's a it's a weird situation. It's a fine line. Um, but yeah, the, the the message has to be that okay, you know, you can have your opinion, but you know, don't don't take it too far to the point where you're going to start hurting someone's feelings or really getting under someone's skin just because. They play for the team that you don't like, or they've done something that you know you don't particularly agree with, or anything. Like, you know, just leave it and, and and move on and get on with your life. Yeah, there's a there's a line, isn't there? Yeah. Just be aware of the line, I think, and remember. Try and look a bit bigger picture. I think sometimes yeah. I remember. Hang on a minute. I, we're all guilty of it. We come in here every single week, don't we? And we need I'll, to look at the bigger picture. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be in a, I'll be in a bad mood. Ah, oh, what's the matter? And we all do it if the football team lose at the weekend. But yeah, ultimately, yeah. there's more important things going absolutely, on in the world, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. There is absolutely. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. And remember, Glenn is with two ends. Uh, we are joined <laughs> by Sam Incasol next to talk about football matters on the pitch. Of course, everything that is West Ham related. Love Sport. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones and Will Pugh, talking obviously the game with City coming up, had to be rearranged after postponed due to Storm Kira. Delighted to say though, Sam Incasol from Football.London joins us now. Sam, really great to get you on, been trying to get you on for a while, always good to get your insight. At the minute for David Moyes' side, you know, every game matters. Not many games left and they are in a fight, in a battle. What are you making of this crunch race? Oof. Uh, it's not looking good. Uh, if you look at the, uh, the the fixtures coming up, especially between now and the end of March, um, when West Ham are also going to play um, Man City, uh, then Liverpool, and then they've got Wolves, Spurs, Arsenal as well. That big game against Southampton, which is just enormous on the 29th. Um, it's going to really go down to the wire. Um, that's a horrible cliche, I know, but it is. Uh, and I think there is a suspicion that it could get worse before it gets better as well. So we might have to go through a few more rough periods um, before we get some light at the end of the tunnel. Sam, the, uh, you mentioned it there, and I think that's that's the worrying thing, isn't it? You look at those, I think it's the last five games that you really would consider, A, a crunch games, but B, you know, earlier in the season, you would consider perhaps against teams that are winnable. With, do you fear that the the runner games we've got coming up and the amount of points that the team are likely to get out of that, given their recent form and levels of confidence, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, do you fear that the the levels of those confidence levels particularly are just going to get crushed even more before then? And when you really need something or something about you that's going to differentiate you from those teams around you, the last five games that we're going to be left left a bit short. Um, there's certainly there's certainly the potential for that. I think. Uh, tomorrow's game and then the Liverpool one I mean you can almost look at those as, as free hits in a way I know that seems really weird to say but West Ham aren't expected to get anything or on current form they wouldn't get anything anywhere but um, I think these next two yeah are just going to be a, a really tough and you just get what you can if you get anything great uh, if not then then so be it but they've got to be looking at that Southampton game I think and, and potentially the game against Spurs as well even though they're obviously going for the Champions League spots West Ham won at Spurs last season so you never know 
Pablo Zabaleta said it as well earlier in the week. He said, you never know what can happen. Um, but yeah, as I said, it, it, it's, it's going to be tough. And I think there will be a, uh, there will be some confidence rule. It's, 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 of course, it's going to go down if, you get, if you're on the end of some defeats. But you just hope that they can try and pick themselves back up. It's a, it's a really easy thing to say, but they'll just have to try and find some results if they want to stay in the Premier League. Sam, what, what did you make of um, David Moyes' comments earlier about uh, Jared Bowen? Like, for me, in my opinion, it was a, a really shrewd bit of business on, on deadline day for us. You know, as a, a proven goal scorer in the Championship, um, was due a move to the Premier League at any moment. Um, I was surprised that he ended up with us and not a, a, not a, a club further up the Premier League. Um, but he said that, you know, he's not really willing to rush him into action when... Really, we've got nothing to lose, have we? Surely just whack him in and see what he's all about. Exactly. I mean, he said he did say the same about Thomas Kuchek when he signed. Um, he said, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we don't want to get too much in it too quickly. And he threw him in for his debut against Brighton and played off start from the off. So yeah. um, it, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I, I've, I've written some bit saying that, yeah, we should just throw him in from the start because, as you rightly say, what have you got to lose? Uh, there's no there's no better place to get acclimatised to the Premier League than away at the Etihad and then away at Anfield a few days later. <laughs> just to give yourself the absolute shock of your life. Um, <laughs> so I, 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 I'm, I completely agree. He's got nothing He's got nothing to lose by throwing him in. Um, and from what we've seen of him in the championship, obviously it's a big step up, but he comes with a big prize tag. He's got the, he's got the ability. We know we've seen he's got the ability. So you just have to trust him that he can, that he can deliver in, in the Premier League. And if he, if he does, he could be well be the one that fires West Ham to safety this season so I don't think I don't think you can take it easy with him I think yeah just throw him in at the deep mm. end yeah you sort of you need I would chatting before about you you look back to when we've been in relegation trouble last time and survived it in the great escape season obviously you had some players within the team but obviously you had Tevez who was always threatening to just explode onto it once he got a bit fit but you had you know Collins Zamora Noble Robert Green some players in that team who you really felt cared and would dig in for the cause and you sort of hope that uh, Bowen might be one of those to give us that little bit of something just talking about incomings, but Winston Reid obviously gone on loan to Sporting Kansas City in the week as well. It seems, uh, judging by his Instagram message, that seemed to be more of a permanent goodbye, talking about I need a new challenge in life after 10 years, etc., etc. Certainly didn't seem the sort of message you'd write if you were coming back in six months. What do you make of that that whole situation? And, and were you surprised to see Reid walk out the door? I wasn't surprised to see him go because I, I just don't think that he is up to the Premier League in terms of his fitness anymore because he's broken down twice now. What was it with knee injuries and this and this latest recovery from him? He's taken a long time to recover. And I honestly don't think that he will be able to get back to the required levels. Uh, unless you you remember, I know it sounds sacrilege speaking about Spurs on this on this show, but like Ledley King, for example, when he couldn't train, was it couldn't train during the week, could only play over a weekend and then, he had to rest for the rest of the week and then just play again, just couldn't train. You could maybe have done that with Winston Reid, but I think the, the situation that West Ham are in, I just don't think I just didn't think he was going to play any games. Uh, and I think that you have got Fabian Valbuena, Issa Diop, Angelo Bonner, Declan Rice can also play at centre-half, as we know. Uh, I think that those are just all the viable options, more viable options, sorry, and that Reid just needed some game time away. I mean, the, the six, it was, I think it was a six-year contract he was yeah. he was given uh, all those years ago. I mean, that, that, just, that seems very strange now. He wasn't on peanuts um, either, was he? He was not on peanuts. No, he's not on peanuts. Um, so, yeah, I think for me it was the right, it was the right decision. Um, you can maybe say keep him around for his experience and whatever, but I honestly couldn't see him. 
couldn't see him any playing any games, and if he wants to play, then he's gonna then he has to go somewhere else. What um sort of what's your understanding then, Sam, of of what he's been, you know, for want of a better phrasing, what of what he's been doing for the last eighteen months? I appreciate he's like been on his way back. I've done about you, but I've sort of made a few interview requests over that time to see if he might want to come out and talk about his recovery or anything like that. And they were sort of shut down quite swiftly by the club. He, you just, you know, often with players who are coming back from injury, you'll see a bit of them on the on the social media in the gym and things like that you know working hard on the road to recovery he's very quiet on social media as it is anyway do you is that just because he's his character or has there been a bit more going on than than fans perhaps realize um i mean under when when pellegrini was in charge he was very very hesitant to even speak about winston reed and it really made you feel the worst for him in that maybe like maybe he's going to have to retire and he was never going to recover from his injuries um, David Moyes was more of a case of like, we'll just wait and see, we'll just wait and see, we'll just wait and see. But you always got the impression that there was maybe something more than meets the eye. Um, so from what I've heard, he was he did he had been training, but he was training with the squad maybe one day, and then would be in the gym the next day. Uh, wouldn't be fully integrated in sessions every single day of the week. So maybe that might have been a reason why that they decided to let him leave on loan as well because he wasn't wasn't training fully with the squad or something like that. I don't know, but. For me, yeah, I think it's just all over his fitness issues, I'm sure of it, because once you've had two serious knee injuries and you haven't played competitively for two years, mm. um, it's always going to be tough to come back. He's had his serious knee injury and he, does, he looks barely a shadow of the player that he was mm. before his injury. So, yeah, I don't think... You always got the impression there was maybe something a little bit going on. I wouldn't yeah. say there's anything sinister or anything like that. But yeah, I did, I, as I said in the previous question, I just, I just don't think he would have played this season. So yeah, still, still, still the right thing for me to do. Yeah, Sam, we really appreciate you coming on. Sam Incasol there from Football.London. Always good to get Sam on, especially when talking about the Hammers. Talking of talking about West Ham, earlier on today, Tony Cotty and Tony Gale were in the studio and they were talking everything on West Ham season. And they had this to say on David Moyes and Manuel Pellegrini. Personally speaking, Mark, I don't... I... I didn't really like the appointment of Pellegrini. You know, if you go right back, that's not the start of this season. That goes back, obviously, at the start of the following uh, previous season. Um, I said at the time, I'm not being clever. I, I felt they should have stuck with Moisey. Uh, I felt the club needed a period of stability. And David Moyes would have brought that to the club. And mm. I think that's where we've gone back to now. Obviously, they tried the so-called big-name manager. Didn't work. Um, spent a lot of money. Uh, didn't work so we're now back to where we was two years ago and Moyes is coming he's firefighting the club's up against relegation it's going to be tough um, I think he's the right appointment but I just hope we stay up but even if it's 17th and on goal difference I don't mm. care just stay in the Premier League and then rebuild for next season Tony Cotty and Tony Gale there talking to Martin Bells on Love Sport every day another big West Ham fan what did you make of those comments obviously speaking about never should have got rid of Moisey and wasn't a fan of Pellegrini James I think, I mean, I, I love Tony Cotty. I wanted to just put that <laughs> yeah. out there. Yeah. But, but, and remember, this is be kind. Yeah, absolutely. No, I've never said a bad word about him. But, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I disagree with him a little bit because, you know, it's all very well saying, in hindsight, we should have stuck with Moisey or, you know, I thought we should have stuck with Moisey, you know. Yeah. But at, at the time... We had a big team mentality. At the time... <laughs> don't. At the time... <laughs> be kind. We, we were, you know... Every West Ham fan again, you know this. You know this is what we signed up for. David Moyes, really, okay, yeah, he's kept us up, but uh, we want to, you know, we want that big name manager. You know, the big name manager that they promised when we moved into that stadium. You know, in this world class team in a world class stadium. So the board were almost sort of backed into a corner a little bit in terms of having to make that change, even if 
perhaps they did feel, uh, with the fact they've gone back to him, perhaps they did feel that um, David Moyes was the right man, really, but they had mm. to kind of satisfy the fans' needs and, and calls for a, a big-name manager. And I was one of those fans who were going, no, no, let's move for someone a little bit bigger than this. You know, we're better than this. Uh, and that's no real dis- disrespect to David Moyes. I just felt as if, you know, we, we should be going for someone a little bit better in terms in terms of manager. Manuel Pellegrini come in, everyone was happy. Uh, started badly with four wins in a row, uh, four defeats in a row, sorry. And then, but then suddenly it all looked pretty good for a little while. And, you know, okay, first season in charge, I think we finished, what, 10th? And that was pretty good going. Mm, um, yeah. But then it obviously all goes sour very, very quickly. And, and, and then now we're back with David Moyes. And everyone goes, oh, we should have stuck with him in the first place. For me, that's that's a very easy opinion to have. Um, oh, we should have just stuck with him in the first place. Because all the fans were calling for it. All the fans said, no, don't keep David Moyes. Go for a big name manager. The board did that. And it's the only time I'm sticking up for the board on this show. Uh, but the board did that. And then, and then obviously it turned out to be the wrong decision at the time, but it's what the fans wanted. So you can't really go back and say we should have stuck with him. Yeah, I was surprised to I was surprised to hear that from from Tony, to be honest. But I mean, if if ever there's a man who comes out in the media and speaks his heart, regardless of any previous or or current allegiances or anything, mm. it's Tony Cotty. Yeah, he always definitely. speaks from the heart. He speaks on. He's, he's got a prominent position on Sky Sports News and time and time again when asked he speaks honestly about the the plight of the club so we know from his past track record he's not the sort of man to say something for any other reason other than the fact he believes it and that he wants what's best for the club and I think it was surprising surprising to hear that because I think I don't think he was particularly negative at the time when when Pellegrini was appointed I I do agree with James I do find it difficult to the whole, oh, we tried the big manager thing. No, no, no. You've tried one big manager. That's what you've done. You've tried one it, it big manager. It sort of for goes six back months. to your girlfriend analogy. You have to keep trying until you get it right. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Why would you not go for James? Ju- don't laugh. Be kind, mate. <laughs> so no, that, you. That's it. If you, you should just you try and try again, don't you? If you just because you go out of one blonde and she wasn't the one for you, would you just never go out of a blonde ever again? Of There's nothing not. wrong with brunettes, though, Will. No, exactly. Yeah. But what I mean is... Or with, redheads. Or, or, yeah. But then, yeah, but you soon run out of hair colours, don't you? <laughs> what I mean is, you've, you've tried one big manager. The idea of, oh, well, we've tried that, I just think is an easy thing, you know, and the fact it didn't work out, it was like happy days for the for the board because, oh, brilliant, oh, we, we don't have to... All, all we'll do we now. gave that a go. Exactly. But that is it, isn't it? What yeah, they're actually yeah, saying yeah. is we gave the six to eight million pound a year man ago now we can go back to our 1.5 2 million pound a year bargain basement bloke again and and say as if we're absolved of all blame if you like or responsibility mm. kind of goes fa- back to the be careful what you wish for thing as well then we spoke about last week absolutely yeah i just think the idea that because one former premier league winner didn't work out and that he was on big money it's, it's almost like you've seen it with with tottenham that mauricio pochettino that didn't work out like they go Ah, oh, brilliant! Like, and they'll go back to Juan de Ramos again. Well, they'd yeah, yeah. never do that, would they? Like the the idea is that you keep moving forward, and just because the one big name manager didn't work out, the idea that that means you should just stop going for them in the future, I think, is just again, farcical. Strange mindset. Strange mindset. Well, it is City and Liverpool next. We're going to do a full City preview. But before that, obviously, no game for West Ham. They were on a winter break. Other teams in and around and plan. Villa losing. Maybe Spurs done you a favour. On those games in and around you, was it a help? Because you do have the game in hand now, but it's still so tightly bunched. 
it is tightly bunched, and yeah, I, I suppose. I mean, although I was annoyed to see Spurs get that winner right at the death, it uh, was um, th- there was a little bit of glee inside me that thought, oh, yeah, the blow was softened I'm, somewhat. I'm, I'm happy about that, but I'm also really u- upset about it. Um, it did soften the blow, but that that Villa game, last game of the season at home, it already looks massive. It's, it's it huge. already looks so big. Well, Sam um, said it going to the wire. It's so true. I mean, that could be winner stays up that sort of territory. Um, the way things are going could be pretty mental. Um, if it was, would you fancy West Ham in a, in a one-off winner stays up? Definitely not. <laughs> again, no, against Villa, that, that screams nil-nil, that. Yeah. They can't in, in, score for Tuffy, yeah. neither can we. It would go down to goal difference, and we've, we'll always have the worst goal difference, yeah. won't we? So, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll Actually, be screwed. We're, we're not doing too terribly on that at the moment. I looked at it earlier that's on. That's a positive. Yeah, but we've got Man City just, and Liverpool in the next two games. Yeah, so, so that's at least another 16 goals on top. So yeah. I mean, this this whole... All this positivity like, really <laughs> lasted really <laughs> deep into the show. The, the, the whole conversation, every time we have this conversation, I do have a wry smile about the tweet I put out after the uh, Bournemouth game. I knew you were going to bring this up. (laughs) Saying, how many points are we going to get between now and the end of the season? And no one wanted to have any of it because we were all jumping on the, oh my God, David Moisire is back. I love West Ham. We're so good. We're probably going to get in Europe. I know, honestly. (laughs) It was our biggest win in in London Stadium history. (laughs) It was absolutely massive. And you're you're, you're sitting again, oh, shut up, everyone. It's only a win. (laughs) All right, what did your new friend think of it? I bet he loved that win. He probably did, to be fair. Yeah, well, where's he? Why ain't he talking up on the show? To be fair, though, just to bring it back to that, and, you know, I don't like to do this sort of thing, especially around the quiz and all that, but I was right, wasn't I? Well, the quiz is coming up. What a a fan favourite that is of the show. But first, we speak to Ian Cheeseman from Forever Blue Podcast. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sports Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones and Will Pugh. It is now time to turn our attentions to the next two games. The first one being City, the rearranged game after Storm Kira. Will that have changed the game? Obviously, City having their own troubles at the minute. This time we are joined by Ian Cheeseman from the Forever Blue podcast. Ian, always a delight to get you on and get your insight. Big game tomorrow night, but maybe more so for West Ham. Um, I'm not sure why you say that. I mean, it's a big game for City, because obviously they're in the spotlight at the moment for, for all the wrong reasons. Uh, and I think they'll want to show um, you know a bit of unity, uh, because a lot of questions have been asked about the manager, the players, as, are they going to stay loyal? Um, there hasn't been anything publicly said yet because there wasn't a press conference today like there'd normally be for either West Ham or City. Um, there's been some rumblings behind the scenes, if you want to put it that way, that the manager and some of the players have come out to say that they are going to be loyal. But with the threat of certainly no Champions League as it stands at the moment and other potential repercussions, if you believe what you read in the newspapers, a lot's been asked of whether the players are going to be loyal and stay, the big players particularly. So I think tomorrow is an opportunity for City as a club, the fans um, and the, the players and the manager to sort of make a bit of a statement. So I actually think it's a, it's a bigger game than it would have been if it had played, been played when it was originally scheduled. Yeah, Ian, I, I totally agree. I think there's probably still some nervousness, if you like, about um, how that will affect 
the Man City team, the idea that that the sort of just roll over and West Ham be able to get something, I, I think, is not a particularly popular one among West Ham fans. Just quickly, you mentioned the loyalty there. Uh, one one example that I've that I've heard thrown about quite a lot since this story has emerged about the financial fair play breach is uh, Gigi Buffon at Juventus about how when they were relegated down to the uh, third tier, I believe, in Italian football, how he stayed with them and showed that loyalty. There, what what are your feelings uh, at the moment about some of the bigger players in the squad, and if the worst were to happen and the two year ban was upheld, whether or not they would they would hang around at the Etihad? It's, that's that's an impossible one, other than me just sort of um, waffling on and, and making predictions myself. I mean, nobody really knows until they speak. Nobody knows until they play. Nobody knows until these issues are actually resolved permanently but, because at the moment there's a very strong chance City will, will win some sort of an appeal, at least get, uh, spend not, it for a while. Do you not get a sort of feeling, having watched these players for, for quite some time, do you, do, you get a, do you get a feeling that certain ones, and Leroy Sane in particular, I've sort of, I can't imagine him sticking around. Do you not get a feeling about some of the squad who, who love being there? Yeah, I mean, the Sane one's a different one because he, he, the, the rumblings were that his family wanted him to go back to Germany. So I don't think anything's changed there. As far as the others are concerned, uh, they're all very loyal to Pep Guardiola, who's got 18 months left on his contract. So they might be guided by the direction that he takes. Uh, and some people have suggested he'll go at the end of this season. Now the the vibe seems to be coming out of City that he's going to, I'll be there, whatever division they're in, whatever happens in the future. And if that's the case, then I think a lot of the players that he has built this special relationship with, i.e. key players like Raheem Sterling, Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, the ones that are going to be staying anyway, because obviously David's going, David Silva's going in the summer, and I think they will stay. That, that, that would be my gut, gut feeling and instinct. Ian, does the, does the mindset change a little bit at City at the moment, given that okay, all of this has happened and we're, we're waiting for the appeal to go through and, and whether they win that or not is, um, you know, we'll, we'll wait for that. But in terms of what's left to play for for City, in terms of the, the title's gone, uh, I think we can all agree on that. It is, is it win the Champions League, win the, you know, win the League Cup, whatever, uh, and forget about the Premier League? Or is it, right, we're going to just, you know, keep going, all guns blazing. Don't care what you overthink. Don't care what anyone thinks. And we're just gonna we're gonna try and trailblaze the rest of the season. Well, that's the bit we'll get a bigger clue to tomorrow. <laughs> that's why why it's so incre- intriguing, and why I I can't wait to get them on the fans tomorrow because I do a YouTube vlog as well, and I'll be out there asking fans what mood they're in, and then we'll see the players on the pitch and see what their mood in are in. I mean, at the moment, if you know, that I think they're a bit over the top, these suggestions of points deductions and everything. But if that was to happen, City couldn't, might not even be able to qualify for Champions League this year. But as it stands, they'll want to finish as high up as they can, um, just to show the world, really. And I think there will be a coming together, a togetherness of City fans like there's not been since the days when they were down in the third tier of English football when there was a very strong togetherness and a defiance, if you like, of, of what had happened to them at that time when they were still getting in excess of 30,000 at Main Road for, for games against Port Vale and Tranmere and people like that. So I, I think that there'll they'll be a coming together of off the field and hopefully that'll be the reaction on the field as well, which makes me think that City are more likely to, to win this game or want to desperately win this game tomorrow to show the world how together they are. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting how that factors into tomorrow night. On that then, Ian, what is your score prediction? I don't do score predictions. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Never do that. Um, City have lost the last two games. They lost at Tottenham last time out. Seems like forever ago before the the, the, the extended break that, um, that both City and West Ham have had. So they've got a point to prove. I, I, I think that City will probably have enough to beat West Ham. Um, but... I don't predict things because football's impossible to predict. And if it was possible to predict it, I'd be a very rich man. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, always a pleasure to get you on. Ian Cheeseman there from Forever Blue Podcast. Obviously, many factors going into tomorrow night's game, but it is a massive one from the West Ham side. I think we know it's Man City and Liverpool. But James, if they could, who knows, come out with maybe two draws, a, a win even from these games, it completely changes the landscape, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean... if. A lot of West Ham fans now will be thinking it would be just typical of us to go and get a point. <laughs> you say this right? every week. <laughs> yeah. I love it. No, do, do you know what? I just I'm a lot of West Ham fans. Are, know, you, but no, I don't Sorry. think. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna get. I know. I just asked Ian that question about the mindset of City players. You know whether they might just turn turn it off. I hope you're not going to do a score prediction. No, I'm not going to do a score <laughs> prediction. I don't. No, um, but I, I just. I just think that. I think City will want to. They they will want to make a, a prove a point against us, and I think I can't. I, it's going to get pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, pretty bad. I, think I went, I went for an eight nil before. We did no, you this. didn't. No, I did. No, remember, you were all taking a mick at me because I said eight nil. I went for two two. <laughs> two two, yeah, yeah, two two, yeah. I, said, I, I, I can't really go worse, that? can I? Yeah, I can't go worse than an eight nil. But yeah, I, I think of all the things happen to a club who are already destined to beat us. <laughs> you, the Europe, European giants UEFA coming after them and just to rile them up a little bit more I do think Ian's right there I think that if they needed anything to get more motivated by this it's not about beating West Ham anymore it doesn't West Ham does no, it it's not about beating West Ham anymore is it he's right before it was just about a run of the mill game mm. and getting three points which they would have beat us in anyway you do really think that Pep Guardiola's going to have them going right this is you lot against the world here. Don't worry, yeah. it's West Ham. Just go out and show them what you can do because the whole world will be watching. I, yeah. di- I disagree. I think we're going to win. <laughs> Love it. But it is extra motivation for City. Maybe when they didn't have that before, they were focusing on other areas. Bernardo Silva saying they'd already given up on the Premier League. That was six weeks ago. Let's look at Liverpool now because that is obviously n- the next game. It's obviously before we uh, speak again. Another tough game. <laughs> <laughs> just don't get any better, This is it? relentless, yeah. isn't it? Just give if, us a chance to be positive, Charlie. Yeah, all right. Well, look, well let, let's not do predictions because in football, you, you never know and, and we'll all be rich. But from the game itself, what are we expecting? Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it'd be typical West Ham if we got a point. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's, it's, it's so difficult. It's so difficult. What's happened? Here? You go into you go into City away in Liverpool away in the space of what six days, and you're in the bottom three, and you're trying to find just a little bit of positivity to go. We could stay up here. We could do the job. And then you look at your next two fixtures, and it's against the two best teams in the country, uh, one of which hasn't lost in about nine years, and it's just like. <laughs> Well, I mean, we're just trying to just give any, just more anything. worried about the people, the poor people listening. It's like, we're yeah. sorry, everyone. We're right. trying. We're just, we're, we're, we're They're trying. in the same boat, though. They know the plight of the, the fans and the team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I there's think no, there's no hope. After the Liverpool game the, the other week, I actually thought, 
after the you know one of the best wins we've ever seen at West Ham when we beat Bournemouth. Mm. After that performance, <laughs> I thought the Liverpool game was the second best one under under Moyes. He went out with a plan. All right, it wasn't particularly pretty, but they seemed to be playing all right. The, the Liverpool didn't really have to get out of third gear, which you said at the time. But I feel at least Moyes at least sent them out and said, right, we're going to sit back behind the ball. There did seem a little bit of a plan with the cutting inside with the wing backs when they get possession. They seem to have thought out thought it out a little bit and I think that actually at the moment where you have that level or lack of confidence it's an easier game plan if someone tells you to right go and sit out and we're going to do a bank of five and then a bank of four that's an easier game plan to execute when you haven't got any confidence and right yeah go out and be flair players and we'll leave some room at the back and do your thing and score a few goals I think it's easier for them to just go all right cool yeah we'll just sit in our own half there's loads of players around me smash it out when I get the ball cool as West Ham fans, are you sort of looking past these two games in a sense and goes, it all really matters on the 10 games after? Or are you just going, if we can get something from here, then no one's expecting it. Then we really sort of do have a, a sort of uh, wind behind us. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's attention's already on the 29th, Southampton at home. Um, definitely. And it adds extra pressure on that game, be, Definitely going to be our biggest game of the season so far. Uh, but then, you know... We've got Wolves coming up. We've got Spurs coming up. Arsenal, um, Arsenal coming Chelsea. up. Chelsea coming up. Um, any more? It's three, three out of the next uh, four are all away, aren't but they? Then, but then the last, what, five games are, are, are all essentially winnable football matches. Well, we've got uh, Newcastle away, Burnley at home, Norwich away, Watford at home, United, Man United away, and then Villa at home, our last six. Yeah, so I mean, that. They're matches. They're the games where I expect us to pick up points. But you know, after the Southampton, get these two games out of the way. Southampton, you know, must win. And there's a few weeks of you know negativity again. And then, but you never know what West Ham. You never know what West Ham are like. You never know. Talking of points, though, we are going back to the West Ham mystery players quiz next, and it is going to be a close one. Love sports. This is the West Ham fan show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio. With we are West Ham, James Jones, Will Pugh. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. It is tonight's Rogue Player West Ham's Mystery Player Quiz. Oh, I just love it. James. It, 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 it seems to be that while it's me and Will against each other in the studio, mm, mm. Reese is sort of sparking up a little bit of competition between himself and Will because Will he's he's he's, te- he's texted you earlier and said that it's very very difficult. Yeah, I mean Reese has been a long time friend of mine. I mean I, I don't really think he wants to be friends with me anymore given the state of some of the quiz answers he's provided this year. But yeah, this morning double checked with him as I always do, even though he's very efficient with it. Reese, all right for a quiz tonight? Yeah, already done it, mate. You're definitely going to struggle with two of them. Taking a little bit of glee in it. So there's, there's there's competition between you and I, but there's also competition between Will and Reese. Mm. I mean, so, I, I I don't know whether he meant just me. I got the feeling that he did, but you know, I, I am I'm, sort of loath to well, remind it, him it, that this adds is into it. Well, I'm loath to remind him that this is also radio, and me and James going uh, for, <laughs> for two players isn't uh, isn't always the best. But now I'm you know nine nine seven. It is overall on game weeks twenty six twenty two to James on points difference so there's a two week lead I'll tell you what makes better radio go on you just going and me getting the right answer <laughs> yeah. yeah well there's a little bit of extra added spice obviously with Will against Reese as well I did ask Reese for a prediction but he said that is not how football works <laughs> anyway this is tonight's West Ham quiz three players five clues the clues get progressively easier as they go along if you know them tweet us 
at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558. This is Will versus James. It is 9-7 and this one matters. This is player number one, clue number one. Played 68 games for West Ham. Scored at the 2014 World Cup. Valon Barami? That is incorrect. Ooh. Clue number three. Only knew of West Ham after watching the film Green Street. I mean, that's unbelievable. Oh, I don't want to guess because I always do this. I guess, and it gives you a clue. Um, Jonathan Spector? No. Jonathan Spector? Clue number four. Scored 10 goals for West Ham. Diamante? No. Mm. Clue number five, your final clue for this player. Shirt number 11. Guillermo Frano. Was it 2014 World Cup? It was. I'm going to give you a quick rundown of those clues. Player number one, clue number one. Played 68 games for West Ham. Scored at the 2014 World Cup. Only knew of West Ham after watching the film Green Street. Scored 10 goals for West Ham. Shirt number 11. Oh, no, we, we've got to one, that uh, bit. Yeah, yeah. In the live I'm just radio not getting show. it right, though. We're going to bank player number one. We're going to go on to player number two. <laughs> hey, can I just let everyone at home know that James nah. normally flips his phone over <laughs> nah. for the quiz. It's He's on got charge. notifications galore. Yeah, I'm no, not well, sure about this, James. We're going to have to have a steward. It's just like the emails. Mm, <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with Will there. Bit of, bit, maybe a bit of cheating going on. Player number two, clue number one. Signed for West Ham in 1993. Played 91 games for the Hammers. Was part of the deal when Trevor Sinclair signed for West Ham. Scored once for West Ham away at Newcastle. Current Averley manager. I have no idea. I actually know that. Do you want to? Do you want to bank it? Ah oh, no! Because oh, unbelievably, yeah, you two are both stuttering. Have a recap. Pl- on. A quick recap. Signed. This is player number two. Signed for West Ham in 1993. Played. Stuart no- Slater. No. Played 91 games for West Ham. Was part of the deal when Trevor Sinclair signed for West Ham. Scored once for the Hammers away at Newcastle. Current Averley manager. I'm pretty sure this is incorrect, but I'm going to say it anyway because I've got nothing else. Is it Mark Bowen? It is not. No. All right, we're going to bank it. We're going to go on to player number three. Tonight, the boys are struggling. What are you saying playing along at home, you Hammers fans? Do you have it in the bank already? They're all texting James. Yeah, Charlie, no, that's unbelievable. I'm going to end these, these really <laughs> Player number three, clue number one. Played over 300 games in total for 10 different teams. <laughs> Made their West Ham debut in 2007. Craig Bellamy? Incorrect. Won the Premier League with Arsenal. Only played three games... Lundberg? Is incorrect. Only played three games for West Ham. This is the clue. You should get this. Ipswich Town legend. We're God. really struggling. To th- I'm going to give you an extra clue. One, isn't it? Go on. For this final player is a goalkeeper. 
won the league with Arsenal. Ipswich Town legend. Richard Wright. That is correct. One nil to Will Pugh. James, don't worry because tonight there are two players still available. You can win this tonight. Will, you need one more to get the victory. Let's go back to player number one. Played 68 games for West Ham. Scored at the 2014 (laughs) World Cup. Only knew of West Ham after watching the film Green Street. Scored 10 goals for the Hammers. Shirt number 11. Shirt number 11. It wasn't Louis Jimenez. That is incorrect. That's a shout, though. Another clue. It's a good shout. I mean, I'm normally good with shirt numbers. Do you want another extra clue, then? Yeah, Yeah, go on. Nationality, Ecuador. And of Valencia. Oh, that is correct. And that is 2-0. But because Will has won tonight, there is still another point for you, James, and you may need this on game weeks. Player number two, the only player available tonight. Signed for West Ham 1993. Played 91 games for West Ham. Was part of the deal when Trevor Sinclair signed for the Hammers. Scored once for the club away at Newcastle. Stan Lazaridis? No. And is the current Avely manager. (laughs) Uh, No, that last clue from... Go on. Can we have another one? Andy MP. I don't know another clue, so I'm going to give you the initials. Go on. Because will you have one tonight? The initials are K-R. Oh. Keith Rowett? It's so close, but it's incorrect. Keith Robson? No. Hey? Uh. Kenny Rowett? <laughs> nah. It is I, I, Keith. I guarantee there's so many people listening going, you I don't know. know nothing. We're meant to be, we are West Keith Rowland. It is 3-0 to Will Pugh tonight. <laughs> and not only has he won, he's clean sweeps it. 3-0 of whitewash. Will Pugh raging, fighting, maybe making a comeback, a miracle comeback of all sorts. Will, what does this do to the final updated standings? He's won twice tonight. He's beaten me and he's beaten Reese. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's a clean sweep across the board. So that makes the scores... Bearing in mind, Charlie, as well, we have mentioned before oh. that uh, James was 4-1 up on game weeks at one stage. Managed to claw that back. 8-5, 9-6. 6 And now he's clawed, I've clawed it back. It's 9-8 on Oof. game weeks. And that makes it 26-25 points difference Oof. to James. James, what are you making of that, mate? I feel fine. You feel fine? Yeah. After a 3 0 We haven't had a 3 0 for a while. Long time. Nah, long nah. time. I've got to say, the betting odds changed drastically now. Yeah. They're all in favour of the Will Pugh. Yeah. Oh, all right. The momentum, everything is behind him. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going I'm going to go back and re- do my research. Do your research. See, I mean, that's the difference, isn't it, Charlie? This is a fun game, and James sits at home studying, researching it all. <laughs> you know, it sort of takes away the fun of it, doesn't it? Yeah. That, it does take away the fun of it. Boys, for the fun of it, because I don't like to do it because we'd all be rich, let's have some predictions before you go. Man City and Liverpool, very, very quickly. Right, for Man City, I'm going to stick with my initial one a few weeks back, 2 2. Uh, and Liverpool, uh, I reckon, will get smashed uh, 6 0. Okay, Will. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with my previous Men City one, 8 uh, 0 to Men City. And I think, no, Liverpool, I think it will be. I think we'll pin behind the ball again. I don't think we'll score. I'm going to go 4 0. Well, I'm going to go bold. West Ham will win one of those two games. I don't know which, but they will win put it past one us, of those Charlie. two we'll games. Typical West Ham. Who knows? Who can predict? We'll be here either way next week to discuss it all every Tuesday, 7 to 8, on the West Ham Fan Show. And with We Are West Ham, Will Pugh and James Jones.
This is Love Sport. Sports Social Podcast Network.